The Ebola virus is severe and too often a fatal illness. With the emergence of clinical trial data, the World Health Organization has published its first therapeutic guidelines for the Ebola virus disease. What do these new guidelines recommend and how will they impact how clinicians approach care? Welcome to Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD. I'm your host, Mario Nasinovich, and here with us to share insights on the recent guidelines is Dr. Richard Kojan, a Congolese physician who created a portable biosecure emergency care unit called the CUBE to allow for close monitoring of Ebola patients by medical staff in remote, low-resource areas. Dr. Kojan has dedicated his career to caring for the most vulnerable populations and is currently the co-chair of the Guideline Development Group of Experts, selected by WHO, and president of ALIMA, the Alliance for International Medical Action. Dr. Kojan, welcome to the program. Thank you. To start us off, Dr. Kojan, what can you tell us about the Ebola outbreak in the Democratic Republic of the Congo? So the Democratic Republic of Congo is only one country with more than 10 Ebola outbreak, uh, let's say one in three outbreak in uh, Ebola since I can say now 46 years ago, the last outbreak is running now in uh, East uh, DRC. So um, total one in three Ebola outbreak in DRC. The virus, Ebola virus, uh, their natural context in DRC, with, as we know, the big forest and the tropical context, the natural context for uh, Ebola virus. So now, as we know, the largest trial was conducted in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Can you give us some background on this actual trial? Talking about the last uh, trial, uh, that's the study, uh, clinical study in, in the Republic Democratic Congo, was, uh, come, was a start of, uh, at the end of the, the large outbreak from the West Africa, the big outbreak Ebola we never see, you know. So the idea is from there, you know, uh, from this big, large outbreak, you know, which one, you know, um, from which one we lost more than 11,000 patients, you know. So the experts start, you know, discuss that we need to ameliorate care for the patient. Not only do we ameliorate the care for the patient, but to find the solution, to, to find the solution about, you know, care, optimize care, but also, you know, to try to start a study, you know, vaccine study and the drug study. So the idea was from there. And when the, the big outbreak, uh, when the big outbreak from the West Africa finished, so, yeah, you know, uh, and another one started in DRC, uh, in East Congo, which one, the area is a conflict zone and, uh, and uh, uh, war zone, and from from this area, you know, and uh, too many challenge. And um, when the outbreak start, all experts, you know, we start to discuss with a different expert, you know, scientist, and clinician, you know, all expert. So we decide to come up with a, a large platform under leadership from the uh, MOH from DRC. In the platform we had, we receive, uh, you know, too many partners, Alima and NIH, INRB. Uh, so those different partners come, you know, joined, you know, in the platform. The design of the trial was, uh, you know, randomized study con- uh, drugs with four arms and, uh, and different arms, you know, one of the arms was a comp- comparator with, with uh, drugs called 
uh, Zimac. And uh, the three other drugs was a monoclonal antibody called MAB114 and the Regeneron. And the last one was uh, Remdesivir. So, yeah, it's a result uh, from uh, in a big collaboration, you know, from different partners, official partners from DRC, but also uh, from U.S., uh, NIH, and uh, from different other partners as Alim. No, certainly it's an impressive the number of organizations that led to this incredible collaboration, the rigor of the trial. But you've also created a, a portable biosecure emergency care unit called the CUBE. And I was wondering if you can tell our audience a little bit about the monitoring that CUBE allows you now to do. Sure. To implement a study in area like this one, you know, in the context uh, with low resources, you know, that's a, a really very big challenge, you know, for the scientists, for different experts, you know, for the lab or com- drugs company that you, you have to come up with, you know, good standard of care. So it was also opportunity for us, you know, from Alima, you know, to implement the cube. The cube is a... It's a single room one, you know, uh, for the patient and to be able, you know, to provide the intensive care safe one for uh, health workers, but also for the patient, you know, as we know, Ebola is a terrible disease, you know, uh, the patient came with a different, you know, trouble, you know, uh, or metabolic trouble, you know, so the patient need, you know, really support with uh, optimized care. So with the cube, it was uh, possible, you know, to come up with the optimized care for our patient, you know, so, um, and in this area, for a study we went with more than 20 cube and uh, for all patients who were need intensive care and were need drugs. So for all participants for the study, so they were receiving their monitoring inside the cube. So that was possible. So the cube was one of the important tools, you know, to, to help us, you know, take care of our patient correctly, but also to be able to implement a study in an area with low resource, but also in area uh, in conflict zone. Which is just so impressive that you and this impressive collaboration were able to not only give care to patients uh, in such an area, but able to evaluate them from a care standpoint and then conduct the rigor of a clinical trial. So what were the results of the trial and how did the findings from the clinical trial impact these newly developed guidelines through the World Health Organization? So the monoclonal antibody was decreasing uh, uh, mortality for a patient who was uh, uh, admitted early in uh, Ebola centers. So that was uh, was the Preliminary result, the decision from the DSMB was uh, to, to stop with uh, the other drugs, you know, uh, Zimab and, uh, and uh, Remdesivir. After that, the final result came up and uh, showed that uh, definitely uh, the monoclonal antibody was uh, showing efficacy, you know, uh, to decrease mortality for uh, the Ebola patient in, uh, in, uh, in uh, uh, mainly for a patient who uh, uh, admitted uh, early in the health, uh, uh, the health centers, uh, Ebola centers. So that was um, the, the recommendation from the DSMB. 
And after that, you know, all the group, the platform, Palm, and uh, we, we wrote finally the result in the New England Journal. And what is the impact after that? So the impact is a huge, you know, for, for health workers, for a patient, you know, because now it was clear for us and it become clear for us that, uh, you know, we can take care of Ebola. We have... Uh, Drugs and now we have one of the uh, main tools care correctly the patient. That's a very very important, and the impact is a huge for the patient and for health workers. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD. I'm Mario Nasnovich, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Richard Kojan about the first guideline that has been published regarding the Ebola virus disease therapeutics. So, Dr. Kojan, now let's shift our attention from the trial and its results more to the guidelines. Can you give us an overview of what these guidelines recommend? The recommendation from the the guideline is, um, the first is a strong recommendation one that for the patient to confirm Ebola after lab analysis, we have to think that they must receive monoclonal antibody which one call Mahab and uh, and the Regeneron. So it's, uh, it's important for those patients confirm Ebola cases to receive monoclonal antibody. This is a, is a, is a strong recommendation one from from the, the, the guideline. And um, and for all all patients, whatever they are, uh, you know. Uh, adult men and women pregnant, they can receive monoclonal antibody uh, to treat Ebola. But also for the newborn, so let's say they, because they are the newborn, they are really high risk contact from the mother. So this is also a strong recommendation for the newborn. This is the main recommendation from therapeutic new guideline from MedPAR WHO. How will these guidelines impact the way we care for our patients and the way we may address other diseases that they may have in the future? The impact from this guideline, publishing this guideline, is huge because uh, the approach of, uh, from this guideline was, uh, you know, integrate advice from different experts, but also the data from, from not only only trial, but uh, different trial. You know, the process was long. So WHO guideline is, is huge tools, you know, for different MOH in a different country that can help different country to, you know, for their advocacy to get drugs, to buy drugs, to get drugs, you know, for their population. I think the next step must be a huge advocacy for access on those mm-hmm. Different, different drugs. This guideline will help, you know, all uh, community of health workers how to treat correctly the Ebola patient. This is a change of life, you know, it's change completely our practice as uh, health workers. Before this guideline was, uh, as I was saying, it was uh, really complicated for uh, Ebola patient, but also for health workers, you know, to uh, take care safely patient, but now it's possible. I want to thank you, Dr. Kojan, for all the work that you have done and for coming on our program here 
to share your insights on the emerging therapeutic guidelines for Ebola. And I also want to thank you on behalf of mankind for really providing not only the care for these vulnerable patient populations, but also thinking about the life-threatening impact on the healthcare workers. It was absolutely my pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm Mario Nasinovich. To access this and other episodes in our series, please visit reachmd.com slash clinicians roundtable where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.